uh, like a visiting, someone visiting to preach. It's always more fun whenever you know them a little more. So I'll just give you a little backstory of myself. Um, yeah, so I have six siblings, and two of them are adopted from China. And um, yeah, so we live in the south of the United States. And also as a kid, I loved sports, and usually I, um, yeah, so I would spend a little more time on sports than my grades, and my parents would say that if I didn't start practicing more on my grades than my sports, then they would take away sports. So then, yeah, that's that's what I loved as a kid, and I still love sports, but yeah. Um, today, I'm going to be talking a little bit about faithfulness and just how good God is. Um, yeah, so we're going to look a little bit in the life of Joseph, or Joseph, as we say, Maria, um, and he was, he was, he had a crazy life. He had a really rough life, honestly. And so um, I think we have some scripture, maybe, um, that we can put up on the screen. We're going to start with Genesis 37, 5 through 8. And this is going to be an NRV translation here. Okay. So Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. He said to them, listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field, when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright, while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. His brother said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all the more because of the dream and what he had said. What I'm noticing from the scripture is that people who are of the Lord, or of the world, they hate prophecy. And when we're prophesying, when we're doing the Lord's work, they, they're hateful to us, even if it's our own brothers. There's people in my family who do not approve of me being a missionary. And Joseph didn't back down. And Joseph instead continued to dream, he continued to prophesy, which is exactly what we should be doing as children of God. If we believe that God is real, then why would we ever, like if we believe that he's the Lord, if we believe that he truly died for our sins, which I hope that we all believe that in this room, then why would we ever back down? Why would we ever say no to saying something that the Lord has told us to say? And so what happened in Joseph's life is that his brothers hated him so much that they sold him into slavery. Is that not insane? Imagine your family selling you into slavery. I could not imagine. And he goes into Egypt, he gets sold into Egypt, and he's very likable, which is a good thing if you're, you know, without your family. So he is really liked, and he becomes a really, in a really high place in the kingdom. They made him like in charge of the, the, the military or something. And, um, and all of a sudden, his life's going pretty well, he hasn't seen his family in a while. And then he gets blamed for something by Potiphar's wife, who's like, the, the man that's the highest, or maybe really high up, and he gets blamed for something, and he gets thrown into prison. So he's like, okay, I get sold into slavery, and then I'm doing okay, and no, I get thrown into prison. I'm like, what, what's happening here in his life? And then as he's in prison, he's there for years, and when he comes out of prison, years later, maybe seven or eight years later, he's 30 years old, so that means when he was sold into slavery, he was probably a teenager, or early 20s, which is crazy. And as he's there in prison, his, his inmates in the prison, they have dreams. And he says, oh, I know what that dream means. I know what that dream means. And he starts to prophesy over their dreams. And one of the, one of the people that he prophesied over their dream was that he would be released out of the prison, his inmate, and that he would be the cupbearer of the king, or not the king, but the, 
called Pharaoh. The Pharaoh, yeah. And so um, he, the man that he was in jail with, gets to be the cupbearer again. And Pharaoh, one day, he has a dream, and nobody can tell him what it meant. And the guy who was the cupbearer said, "Actually, I know a guy. He's in prison. We throw him into prison well, a long time ago." So he gets him out of prison. And Joseph tells the Pharaoh what his dream meant, which is just incredible. And he really, really likes it. <laughs> and so, we're going to now read Genesis uh, 41, 38 through 41. So Pharaoh asked them, Can we find anyone like this man, who is one in the spirit of God? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Since God has made this all known to you, there is no one discerning as discerning and as wise as you. You shall be in charge of my palace, and all the people shall submit to your orders, only with respect to the throne, and I will be greater than you. So Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Is that not crazy? He goes from prison to the highest in the country besides his Pharaoh. Imagine one day you're just in prison, and the next day you're in charge of the whole land, and then everyone has to bow down to you when you walk down the street. That's kind of crazy. And why is that? Because he prophesied. Because he obeyed the Lord and because he related the Pharaoh's dream. He wasn't hiding his talents. When he goes in the, in the street, he probably doesn't hide who the Lord is either. And then, he's probably still remembering his family and his brothers who sold him into slavery. Because his, he was his father's favorite and that's what made his brothers jealous. And one day, during the famine that came over the land, he was, his brothers came to the land of Egypt and they asked him, they asked the Pharaoh, can we please have food? And Joseph noticed that it was his brothers and after a long time, it's, it's quite a few chapters of him deciding if he should tell his brothers who he is or not. And he says, everyone leave the room, I want to talk to those guys. And he says, I'm your brother. They are just in awe. Like this, this, this um, our brother that we sold into slavery is now the highest in the kingdom, and it's up to him if we can have food or not. That's kind of crazy. And so he, he forgave them right there, which was insane. And that's just exactly what the Lord would have wanted us to do, but imagine how far that is. And because of that, um, he was able to see his father again before his father died, and the Lord just really blessed Joseph's life because of his obedience to prophesy, because of his obedience to relay the, what the Lord had said. And so... What do we notice about the traits of God then and the differences of how he is now? There are no differences. He's exactly the same God that he was 4,000 years ago. He's exactly the same God that he was, what is it? I think it was 3,900 years ago. Is that not insane? He's exactly the same as he was. That means he's just as faithful. He's still just as good. He could move in power then, and he can move in power now. And over this church, I just, I know something is going to happen. And it's you guys. You guys are the ones that have been here. You've been waiting for the Lord. You've been obedient to the Lord. And because of his faithfulness, he's going to bless you because of his faithfulness to you. I think sometimes when we think about faithfulness, we think about how can we be faithful to God. And that's good. That's a really good thing to think. But he's just as faithful to us. We're the ones that fail him. He never fails us. He's exactly the same God that he was in the Old Testament, that he was in the New Testament, and he is the same God now. And so if we have faith and we trust him with his power, we trust him with that timing, then that's when he's going he's gonna to pour out his faithfulness onto us. And that goes right in hand with trusting. 
because trusting is not always easy. In fact, it's kind of hard. And so learning to rely on the Holy Spirit is sometimes pretty hard. I'm going to say a quick story. Um, during my discipleship training school, I was in Peru for a few months. And one day, <coughs> we were walking down the street. And that, that week before, I'd just been kind of dry in ministry. We were just all a little discouraged. And I was really tired of it. I was just like, oh, another day of ministry. And I was, I, you know, I was still there, but I was just kind of discouraged. We hadn't seen anything. And I was like, you know, I just need to listen to the Holy Spirit. I need to stop making things happen on my own. Like me and my team, we just need to rely completely on the Holy Spirit, which is where we should have been in the first place. But, you know, we're humans. So we were walking down the street, and I felt the Holy Spirit say, go to that house right there. And I was like, oh, we're kind of going that way. And like, we're going to go a few streets down. And he was like, no, go to that house. So I went up and I knocked on the door and I asked if we could come in. There was a guy sitting um, in a chair and he was like, oh, okay, come on in. So we went in and um, this man was just sitting there and I felt the Holy Spirit say, he can't walk. Even though he didn't have like a wheelchair or anything, he was just sitting there reading his book. And I asked him, can you walk? And he said, no, I can't walk. I haven't been able to walk for three years. And I was like, hmm, it's okay, well, the Holy Spirit just told me that. And I said, I believe the Holy Spirit can heal you. Do you know who Jesus is? And he said, yeah, I know who Jesus is. But he was, um, what is it, Seventh-day Adventist, where they don't believe in the Holy Spirit. And I said, I know that the Holy Spirit is, is real and that he can heal you. And is it okay if I pray for you? And he said, sure. So me and maybe two or three other team members just laid our hands on him. I laid my hands on his knees. And I just prayed complete healing over him. And then I opened my eyes and I looked at him and he was just crying. He said, I feel like I can walk now. He hadn't even tried to walk yet. And he stood up. And this man, I asked him later, he was 82 years old. He wow. bent over and touched his toes. And he jumped. And he said, I can walk. Let's go. And that's exactly what the Holy Spirit does when we trust him. Like just listening to his voice. It feel like sometimes it just gets so easy to just... Yeah, I'm just going to do it my own way. Even if we're not thinking, we'll do it our own way. We sometimes just, our brain strays away from what God can really do. And so just always imagining, like, always hearing what the Lord can do. That's exactly how good he is. I want to read Psalms 33, 4. All right. For the word of the Lord is upright, and all his work is done in faithfulness. He loves righteousness and justice, and the earth is full of, stead of the steadfast love of the Lord. So, all of his work is done in faithfulness. What does that mean? We shouldn't doubt him. Does that mean if we're going through a hard season, we should just say, the Lord is not hearing me, the Lord is not watching me, the Lord is not helping me. No, he's leading you through that time. About two months ago, I was just having a really hard time. Just I was going through a really just dry season and I wasn't able to hear the Lord as much. And I was just, after about two weeks of this, and I was just, you know, starting to get dark in Norway. We have maybe five hours of light. So it's sometimes hard to like be happy and rejoice. And I was just tired of this. So I went in the prayer room one day and I just laid on the floor and I was like, I'm not getting up until I feel happy and I can rejoice in the Lord. I'm tired of this. And I was there for a little while, but when I got up, I was just laughing for no reason. I was just laughing, and I went out of the prayer room, and I was like, why was I, why was I ever doing that? Like, why was I just sad? Like, I can't, the Lord is so good that why would I ever doubt him? 
And this girl came up to him and she said, no, they, they should come, actually. I had a dream a year ago that these exact people came and that they helped us. And that tribe had 43 people. And by the time we left, 36 of the 43 people had given their lives to Christ. Come on! And now we're in the process of trying to bring supplies there to, bring, to build a church so that they can keep on doing that. We brought, uh, we brought Bibles in their language, which they've never, they don't really know how to read, so we're kind of trying to teach them to read so then they can read the Bible. But we also gave them a little, uh, I don't know, like a little device they can listen to a Bible on. So that's pretty cool. And it's a really not known language. It's called Uarini. So they don't speak Spanish like they do in Peru. They speak Uarini. So it was really, it's a funny language because there's a lot of like noises instead of words. It's like, you know, so I'm not going to try it. It's kind of embarrassing, but yeah. Yeah. So um, I just want to emphasize again that the fruits of the Spirit is not, yeah, we are supposed to live by them, but we're supposed to look to the one who created those things, because he is those things. We can't shy away from, yeah, we're supposed to be we're supposed to be faithful, and he's just, you know, there. No, he is everything and more that we need. He is exactly who we need. He's exactly the, the faithfulness. When we are dry, he doesn't want us to find him on his own. He's there waiting for us. One thing I think that really has helped me is that sometimes we might be waiting on the Lord, but actually the Lord is waiting on us. Instead of us just sitting around like, oh, maybe I'll find him in the scriptures today. No, he's right there. We can talk to him anytime. He really wants to speak to us way more than we're willing to listen. So anytime we're, we're willing to just stop and just listen to the Lord, he wants to speak to us. Actually, that's why I um, moved to Norway. So, once again, I was in Peru. And um, I was reading a book. And... Um, I've been praying a while for what to do for the next year. I'm just kind of, I didn't really want to go to university, but you know, I'm willing to go. And I'm just sitting there reading my book, and um, all of a sudden I hear the voice of the Lord audibly, which was crazy, from the sky. And he said, I want you to go to Norway. And I was just like, what? Why Norway? Like, that's the most random place. But I heard that, and I was like, Okay, but if he speaks to us from the sky audibly, why would I question that? Why would I say, can you give me another sign? Can you tell me again? Are you sure about that? No, he told me. So that means I trust him. And so that, that week, I signed up for, um, to staff the school that we have in Norway. And then the day that I flew out of Peru, I got accepted. And then here I am, as a missionary in Norway, which is so crazy. And yeah, if you would have told me, last year, or maybe even this year, that I would be preaching to people in Scotland, I probably wouldn't believe you. I'm 19 years old, and I would have never put myself right here. But here I am, and that's the Lord's faithfulness. That's not something I would have chosen to do, but I'm so happy to be here because I trust Him, and I trust His plans for me. And this is greater than anything I could have ever asked for. So I just want to share with you that faithfulness from the Lord is exactly what we need to look for. That's all we need from the Lord. And that when we put our trust in Him, when we, when we put ourselves aside to just say, I trust you, Lord, that's when we can hear most from Him. So have your ears open and just put your trust fully in Him every single day. You might have to say it ten times a day. He's ready. He's willing. 
He's willing to wait for you. So yeah, I've also heard that you guys are like um, needing a new building, and that's something you just need to completely put your faith in. The Lord is going to bless you if you just fully put your trust in Him. You just have to say, Lord, we trust you. We're waiting on you, and you're waiting on us, Lord. What do you want us to do? We want a new building? He's going to give it to you. He, he knows that you need that. He knows our needs, and he's going to bless us with that. So, yeah. Um, if you feel like you have had a hard time trusting the Lord, if you feel like maybe you haven't been putting your faithfulness in the Lord, if you feel like you can't trust the Lord, that's not something you're going to shame That's something you're willing to pray for you for. And so, yeah, if you do need prayer for that, please come up to me, Elena, or anyone the end of the service, and we would love to pray for you. And you know, still, to this day, I'm still having, Lord, why do you do this? Why do you do this? My, my stupid human questions. But then again, we don't understand everything, and that's okay. We're not going to understand everything until we get to heaven, until we can see the Lord. I can't wait for that day. So yeah, I'm just going to close this off in prayer. I'm not sure what's next. I'm not sure they do. All right. Lord, thank you so much for what you've done today, Lord. You're so good, Lord. We just trust you fully, Lord, in every single circumstance of our life. We put our faithfulness in you, Lord, and we realize that you are exactly the same God that you were thousands of years ago, Lord. You moved in power then, and we believe you can move in power now. You healed then, and you can heal now. You're still just as good, Lord. You're still just as powerful, Lord. And we put our trust fully in you, Lord, right now. And I cast out any unbelief and any doubt in this room, Lord. It has to go in Jesus' name. And instead, Lord, we replace that with your Holy Spirit. We replace that with all the fruits of the Spirit, Lord. We replace it with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. <coughs>